I don't want to be friends anymore. It's like she's a totally different person now. Like you just don't care about being friends anymore. You never want to hang out. You ignore all my text messages. I hate confrontation, but it's time for a French intervention. Hi, I'm in my 50s and I just had a very long-term friendship over 25 years end. And you think that you get older and wiser as you increase in age, which you do, but it doesn't mean that friendships don't end. You are now tuned in to the Unwind the Line podcast from Red Feather Studios. <laughs> I'm your host, Ali Pham, and I'm here with my amazing co-hosts, Aviv Rao. Hey y'all! And Justin Campos. Ooh, guess what? You're listening to the first episode of our podcast. Unwind the line, baby! That's <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Yeah, so for those who listen to the trailer, sorry, this is a lot of repeat, but basically. We're a podcast that unwinds contemporary social and political issues through a variety of perspectives and voices. Mm-hmm. So, what's this episode about, guys? Well, this episode is about friend breakups, and we also simultaneously dropped today an episode about gender open parenting. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, woo. <laughs> yeah! And we've got a lot of cool episodes coming up for you. In our next episode will be a look into the proposed and rejected racial category of Middle Eastern North African. We've got yeah. some podcasts that are really fun, like about college hookup culture. Woo. But yeah, okay, so now you're like, all right, here's what this is about. But why do I want to listen to it when there are like literally 847,000 other podcasts maybe trying yeah. to do something similar? Word. So I think one thing that we do differently, guys, is that we do a lot of intergenerational podcasting. So you look at us and you're like, yeah, three college students, whatever. But we talk to people younger and older than us constantly and like center their voices in our podcast to make sure that we have like a balanced perspective and bring in a lot of folks that kind of get ignored from like the podcasting scene traditionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also have been thinking of cool and fun ways to bring people on the show. So yeah, mm-hmm. sure you're going to hear your classic one-on-one interview, mm-hmm. but you're also going to hear lots of like super fun roundtable discussions, uh, like live comedy show recorded at one point. We're playing with form, really. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're like a contemporary poet, if you will. Yeah, we're going to be releasing episodes bi-weekly. That means every other week. And we also pre-record all our episodes. We actually started breaking on this project almost a year ago at this Mm -hmm. point you know it's a lot of work so it's like we had to use a sort of stockpile strategy yeah absolutely Um, we want to give you polished content but we also still want it to be relevant so we're trying to toe that line right now Mm. another line we're willing to (laughs) unwind yeah okay oh who are we that's probably what you're (laughs) wondering that's important (laughs) um okay i'm ali fam she her hers i um Let's see, I guess the classic college student introduction. I'm a double major, English and studio art. Um, I really like um, portobello sauteed mushrooms. Hey, let's go. You don't mess around with your mushrooms. Not one (laughs) Not at all, Justin. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I'm Justin. I'm also a senior here at Wesleyan. Uh, My pronouns are he, him, his. And uh, yeah, the the whole college thing. Um, I'm a... (laughs) 
college of social studies major here. And what am I really into? I guess I'm really into politics and music and kind of how those two things work in concert. Ooh, that's, oh, that's spicy. <laughs> I'm Aviv. I'm also a senior majoring in uh, sociology and American studies. She, her, hers pronouns. And I'm just your average Joe Schmo. I don't know why I'm on this podcast, but I'm here now. <laughs> and now, the long-awaited episode. Friend, friends, friends and friend breakups happen. Yeah. And it's a big part of college life. Oh, yeah. It's a big yeah. part of yeah. life. True. Yeah, life in general. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah. My entire friend group from freshman year has gone... <laughs> <laughs> Wow. noises. <laughs> Relatable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's gone. Yeah, so we're going to talk about friend breakups today. Mm-hmm. We've got a guest coming on in the show in a sack who plot twist was in that friend group freshman year that I, that I like kind of stayed in all the way um, and it is now kind of dissolving. Mm. But she clearly like I don't know. Anyway, she got out of it freshman year, like wow, very quick. a defector. Yeah, <laughs> a very forward thinking. Hindsight one too. is twenty twenty. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> and then we've got a super bomb discussion, and then we've got a short little monologue at the end. Yeah. So let's say welcome to our first guest. Welcome, welcome. Oh, thank We're, you for like, having super me. Super excited to have you. So I guess kind of like set the stage of the situation we're talking about. We were in the same friend group freshman year and I kind of came into it and you kind of made a decision to leave it. Now it's been a couple years. Yeah. And long time has passed since then. It yeah, I was so just long. interested to hear about a decision to leave an entire friend group. Yeah, well, when I initially like entered the friend group, I was really excited. Like as a freshman, I was all of a sudden like com- I came from an all girls boarding mm-hmm. school. So the population there was so vastly different from like the people that I was encountering here. Yeah. And I remember being so excited that these people were into music and they had actual interests. And mm-hmm. um, I was awestruck by all these new people yeah and I felt that I kind of like married myself to a group of people yeah and I think that I did that out of comfort because mm-hmm. I came from such a small school I was so I think I to... did the exact same thing with those exact same people for a similar reason I don't even really know if it was a specific point in time where I was like oh okay I'm done with being a part of this It was more of just, like, a personal, like, a gradual maturity in that I sort of got more comfortable with being alone and Mm -hmm. realized that being alone was okay. Yeah. And I felt really pressured to hang out with these people all the time, although I loved them. I had a lot of other personal shit going on and didn't feel comfortable enough to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. When I was with them, I always felt comfortable in the situation but at the same time I felt like I had this like big looming secret that I was unhappy Mm. where I was with them I was just like wow you're a big fat liar you're not as happy as you Mm. seem and you're faking it to all these people who you call your friends and I just felt like that was really unhealthy for me to do and so I kind of just like 
started hanging out alone all the time. Yeah. And at first it really sucked because I like would try to make other friends and then I would try a little too hard and and I felt like I owed them an apology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went through this for months, like yeah. back and forth of like wanting to say sorry, but feeling like too much time had passed, mm-hmm. feeling like I had wronged them. Yeah. Being on the other side and seeing their reactions to it, I think they just felt really hurt that they cared about you and loved you. And then right. all of a sudden, you were gone and like didn't reach out but I think they had no idea what was going on in your brain and just felt like you had like ditched them for like new friends or like had decided they weren't like you didn't like hanging out with them I think they all took it personally basically and I feel like honestly they should have like I do (laughs) I really like when I'm looking back at it I don't think that I handled the situation well because I loved everyone I feel like I just really messed it up because I was just so enthralled with my own stuff um and I I didn't feel like I was branching out enough because I was stuck with these people well at least that's how I framed it in my head I think at the time it was like a very an all or nothing yeah. dynamic. And I guess I just went the nothing route in the mm-hmm. all or nothing situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that through that, I kind of ruined a lot of personal friendships that like could have continued. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I don't know, I think that time heals those things to a certain degree. At least that's what I had hoped would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel like people some people in the group still like don't really like me because of my poor handling of the situation but um, I would say over time it's moves towards ambivalence that's that's what I think at least that's what I hope Um, and I've tried to to rekindle things when I could with a few people but for the most part it was just such a personal thing I just really was deeply unhappy Mm -hmm. and I felt like a bad friend and I was a bad friend to a certain degree because I was really just not truthful about where I was at mentally Mm -hmm. and I didn't reach out for help to people who actually cared about me Mm -hmm. and would be willing to give me that help but I just had such a problem with being vulnerable to new people Mm -hmm. um, that it felt easier to kind of just get away to just deal with it myself um I still, to this day, like, get nervous when I walk past some of them yeah. in the hall because I'm like, God, I really fucked up. And I would, like, would love to apologize, but I feel like so much time has passed that it, like, wouldn't really do anything. Right. It wouldn't or really, it would, like, like, possibly feel, like, disingenuous, like, not genuine. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah. I, yeah, it's it's one of those things. And I think that it's a thing, I don't know if it's a freshman year thing or if it's just a life thing. I think that when you get to a new place, it you just want to be comfortable. Yeah. And then I found comfort really easily, but then internally didn't feel comfort. Mm-hmm. I had that like external source of it, yeah. but I didn't feel it coming from within. Um, I feel like that's a super valid reason to, like, leave a friend group, even if, like, you liked the people, but you felt like for some reason you couldn't share this big part of yourself with them. Like, you can just... There was, like, one person in the group who felt, like, specifically really upset by your actions. Yeah, and... Because I think you two were, like, the closest. That one was tough, and it's still tough, and I felt 
terrible at mm-hmm. the time. Like the guilt was just tearing at me. But at the same time, I was like, if I'm going to figure my shit out, if I'm going to be happy, then I really need to just like go my own route and yeah. find my own way. And it really is like a full breakup in that sense where it's like you need your space and like there wasn't maybe a way for you to have an intermediate friendship where you were like sort of friends but hung out less at the time. I also think that that person was the only person that I had actively talked to about where I was at mentally Mm -hmm. Um, and she actually helped me get help. I feel like because I had this, like, issue with that vulnerability, uh-huh. when I then became vulnerable to her, I felt that I had ruined my facade of being a strong person, mm-hmm. of having my stuff figured yeah. out. I think that's interesting you talk about that facade because I feel like when I met you, when you were still in that group, I was like, whoa, this girl, like, is so confident. This girl has her shit together. Like... And I, I don't, didn't. Yeah. I was wearing a mask, and she was the only person that I had ever like taken that mask off for. And um, I think through that, I like freaked myself out. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, this person knows this awful secret about you that you're so deeply insecure, and you have so many." I don't know. I just I I convinced myself that she pitied me, mm-hmm. and she was like wanted to help me, and. I, in my head, I was like, I don't need that. I don't need your help. I can figure this out on my own. And that's such a personal thing. And I just don't think that I had, like, communicated that properly to her. And I felt so bad about it because I so loved her. And I still do love her. I I very much value um, the role that she's played in my life and, like, the ability that that she had to make me feel really, really comforted mm-hmm. in a, a really awful time in my life. But I just felt like she saw me as a big phony. Like, mm-hmm. she saw the lie yeah. that I was... It freaked me out. I I just jumped ship because I was like, this person knows too much about yeah. me. Um, yeah, feeling like your friends pity you is, like, a really strange feeling that I think, like, I've dealt with in that friend group, too, like, after the breakup. Like, everyone knew that, like, I had been dumped and that it was, like, 0%, like, me being, like, okay, yeah, it makes sense to break up and, like, 100% me being, like, I just, like, really want to stay together. And I feel like I, like, got a lot of care from everyone, but also I felt like a lot of it, it felt, like, pity and it made me want to, like, run away from it. Right, and I feel like when I don't think that pity is necessarily a bad thing but for me it freaks me out when it changes someone's perception of me Mm. if that makes sense um I think that people in general are very strong and I think that they have like little bumps in the road and issues going on but I don't think that that should like fundamentally change the way that a person is viewed based off Mm. of those bumps in the road And I don't think that she looked at me in that way, but I projected my own shit onto it. And I felt Mm -hmm. that I was viewed differently because of my awful secret. And um, I also think that when pity of that sort comes from a group, it 
intensifies almost mm-hmm. and you feel like enclosed and like yeah. like looked at mm-hmm. differently and i was just so attuned to that that yeah. it really freaked me out to like even consider talking about it to a group mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah why yeah. did you leave what, like i don't i don't know if it was like as, as intentional of like a leaving yeah. it was just like jenna and i broke up and so i think it made me realize that like a lot of my um time in that group was maybe like a result of being with him a lot mm. um and then i think overall just like people grew in different circles people went abroad like different interests developed and like but it was definitely like shocking to come back from being abroad and seeing that all this drifting had happened had like actually yeah. made it yeah. yeah yeah i think we're good yeah we sound podcasty yeah I feel like all this talk about friend breakups has also made me think a lot about my friendships mm-hmm. and has made me think about you guys and how Ooh. we all came to be friends. We're Which getting super cheesy. cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's explore. Let's yeah, talk wait, about it. How did you two become friends? Because I knew that you two were friends, but I had no, I don't know the story. I feel like we met through um, USLAC, which is like a labor rights organization that we were both pretty heavily involved in last year. Yeah. Oh, and then there's that time that we went to the beach. Oh, yeah. I do remember. Oh, my God. (laughs) We went on a crazy beach trip. Yeah. It wasn't like a trip trip. We just like decided to go to the beach one night at midnight on a whim. Probably two in the morning by the time we get there. Extremely cold, extremely windy because it's a beach. There's like all these people like night fishing, which is apparently a New England thing. that A common occurrence. Okay. A common occurrence, I guess. Um, And so we stayed at the beach for like 10 minutes. And then promptly turned around and drove the hour back to campus. Friendship. (laughs) Good times. It really cemented our friendship. (laughs) How did you two meet? I'm thinking about how we met, too. Oh, my God. Do you remember (laughs) our super awkward date? Yeah. Most awkward date I have ever been on, ever. big time. And I feel like I'm an awkward person, and I've been on dates with, like, a lot of awkward people, and, like, this definitely tops all of them. (laughs) We both have an awkward sign, and we both brought it to the (laughs) Fully. It was, like, taking up a third (laughs) chair. Oh, my God. Or, like, the entire cafeteria. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so anyway, Aviv and I were roommates last year, and our... We were living in, like, a themed house, like, art house last year, and Mm -hmm. neither of us had gone in with planning to live with a friend or anything, and we have a mutual friend who was like, I think you two should room together, and we were like, okay, and then we decided (laughs) it would be a good idea to go on a roommate date, (laughs) potential roommate date. And mm-hmm. the dining hall. Yeah, we had like used in. I feel like used in comes up a lot in yeah, the podcast. Yeah, so true. We clarify what that's it a good. Is. That's a good point. Um, and it was so awkward. It was. We had like never spoken before, and we just get there, and we're like, so we're gonna live together. Oh, what time do you wake up? Like you know, yeah. there's like the prescriptive roommate questions, and, and I there's didn't Tel Aviv that I would like eat her pretzel chips. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> I take so I mean, much. <laughs> That's obviously I'm still here. I would I felt really bad if we're bringing up old shit now because Allie would go to sleep super early and oh, yeah. I Aviv wouldn't. Goes to bed at fucking like four. <laughs> and, like, and then we wake up into the room. <laughs> and I would always have to like slither in and make sure not to wake up Allie. And I felt so bad. And sometimes she would wake up and I would just feel so terribly guilty about it for like hours. <laughs> Last um, year was just like my early bed time. 
time phase. It was such a was like when I slept so at awesome. our room, I would yeah. go to bed really exactly. early. And then when yeah. I would sleep at my ex, I would go to yeah. bed super late. So it was just like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought it was really wholesome and I learned from it. And now I go to sleep early. But like... Oh, I'm so glad. Now I go to sleep late. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. I guess we really missed the mark on that one. But, um, but yeah, no. We became good friends. And I think probably even better friends now. Yeah. Strangely, this podcast has really brought us together, mm-hmm. I think, in ways that, like, sharing a space maybe didn't. But I think that we had a yeah. super cordial roommate experience, mm-hmm. and I was, like, really, really happy with it. And it was the most positive roommate experience of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I loved We it. were great roommates. True. Shout out to us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We well, had such... Oh, my God. We had the coldest room, though. True. That room is shit. <laughs> Do not live there. Yeah. Unless really you want to have to wear a hat to sleep <laughs> oh my <in> God. <laughs> Sometimes I would walk in and it was like, you know, 11 p.m. and Allie's like, <laughs> just bed in a hat. Fully asleep with a hat and gloves and like all the winter essentials. <laughs> like she's about to go snowboarding semi-professionally. Like it was rough. The gloves but... are a lie of you. I've never <laughs> Facts, truth. That's true. Okay. I wear socks. I wear a lot of socks to sleep in that room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's how we met. Yeah. All right. So here we are. There are eight of us today. It is me, Aviv, and Justin, plus five guests. <laughs> and just so you kind of get a visual of this, it we are all in a tiny, tiny room in kind of a basement situation. With, also, it is a hot day out, and we're all very sweaty. Lily kind of mentioned having some um, second, what did you say? It's called secondhand stench. Secondhand stench, uh, yeah. So <laughs> just kind of <laughs> visualize that. Um, that's that's kind of what we're working with. Plan for today is to have a discussion about friend breakups. All right, so we're all gonna go around and we're gonna introduce ourselves. So it's me, Allie, fam, and we'll just go around in a circle. Uh, I'm Lily. I'm Ezra. I'm AJ. I'm Julia. Hey, it's Aviv. I am Lily number two. <laughs> hey, it's Justin. So. I think, have we all gone through f- some friend breakups here? Is that? So we're gonna kind of start off the discussion with a couple questions to guide things, and then we can kind of naturally let it flow from there. But I think to start, something that we've been thinking about is, you know, the line between a healthy friend breakup and being a shitty friend. Mm. I think it just depends on specific situation. Like, I don't think it can totally be generalized. um, Mm -hmm. Because I've had some friend breakups that have happened really cordially, and it's just because we Mm -hmm. live far Mm -hmm. away and don't really have that much time to see one another, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. We're still cool. But then I've had friend breakups where... Literally, I was just ditched, like, five times by the same person. (laughs) And every time I did see them, they, like, brought their whole posse of, like, new friends. And they were just Ah. drunk at, like, 11 a.m. all the time. So sometimes the other person (laughs) is kind of a shitty Yeah. 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 Facts. (laughs) I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, to me, the the breakup is, like, the culmination of the Mm. shittiness on either end. Like, whether I feel like I am neglecting a friendship or the other way around mm-hmm. the actual mm-hmm. breakup itself is like the acknowledgement of mm-hmm. that buildup and like mm-hmm. being like either you know if it can continue to work then it's not a friend breakup if you feel like there's no way of repairing it then that's sort of just like yeah, yeah. So yeah. acknowledgement of 
So have you guys kind of proceeded post friend breakup and like how does that maybe look different? Like Lily, your situation with being really far apart maybe like is easy as opposed to especially on a college campus where yeah. you're seeing mm-hmm. probably seeing that person a lot or mm-hmm. like in high school or middle mm-hmm. school as well so maybe seeing them every day at mm-hmm. school the way i go about any kind of breakup whether it be friend or like romantic is kind of just like <laughs> ignoring the so which like honestly for me is often super necessary um but i think it also it's it's also a matter of kind of like convenience and a matter of like fear of then like kind of interacting and then having those feelings brought up again or like having to talk about it every time you hang out with somebody that you're like not really friends with anymore um so so it's sort of this weird like kind of like liminal state where like you're Mm. not friends but you're not like you know a lot about each other Mm. um so like the way i approach it is like there's really nothing else to do besides just like kind of like that wall there for a little while you know what i mean yeah Yeah. i feel like the difference between romantic and um friendship though is that there's it's more declarative i feel when like you break up romantically after a friend breakup there is more of this idea that you can like reignite it Mm-hmm. Or that there's just something you can fix. And I feel as if friendship breakups, I feel it's much harder to make the final line. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, this is over now. Yeah. Um, and I know that I've been the one that thought it was fixable. Mm-hmm. And I've also been later been the one that has declared it unfixable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, I sort of disagree. Um, yeah. Most mm. of the friend breakups I've had have usually just been pretty like fine. And we just sort of decided mm. to not really mm. hang out anymore like organically. But um. I had a friend breakup that actually hurt me more than any romantic breakup yeah. I've ever experienced. Yeah. Like, it got so bad to the point where I had to block her on all social media because, like, I would have panic attacks. Um, so I think it totally just depends on, like, the level of, like, intense yeah. emotional bond that you yeah. have. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, yeah. especially for people our age, like, yeah. not that many of us have been in relationships at this point that are years and years, but... I would say a fair amount of us have been in maybe friendships that have been yeah. have lasted for years and years so I know for me I had a friend breakup and it sh- this person was like my best friend from fourth mm-hmm. to ninth grade like that's a five year relationship mm-hmm. like that yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. Th- it's interesting because um, when I was in high school, I had a pretty turbulent, turbulent like um, just just friend group breakup due to the actions <laughs> of one specific friend. Oh no! Um, I, c- I could go. I'd been really close friends with um, with this guy since you know, um, and we were really really close. We grew really close over those five years to the point where like every day we'd see each other and we like mm. you know do stuff together. Mm-hmm. We go eat food. We you know hang out after after class and all that. And um, and prom night, senior year, um, I invited him over and he'd been in this weird on-and-off relationship with his girlfriend, and he wanted to invite her that night to try to rekindle things with her, which I should have taken as a, immediately taken as a bad idea, but I said, yeah, why not? Just do whatever you want. Oh, this is prom no. night. It's fine. And so we all, you know, we're drinking whatever, and we all get kind of drunk, and he and her decide to go into the, into the, the bedroom, and he sexually assaulted her. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Yeah, in the room over, and I, I thought... I didn't think anything happened because when they both came out, um, it seemed like you know they were, they were very amicable, very romantic, you know. And I, I thought it was nothing really happened in there. They just you know did some things, and it was it was completely consensual. Couldn't be really consensual because they were both drunk, but I thought it was like a mutual thing. And then mm-hmm. I found out a few weeks later after he'd had sex with another girl that made her jealous that. Um. <laughs> oh. Oh, 
you know, she was going to press charges or something because of what he did. And that, you know, as you can imagine, this is like, you know, this lit off a huge fuse and it blew up everything that the friend group had. And, um, mm-hmm. and it was very sudden. And I lost him and like most of my really close friends within like a like a three or four day period. Did many oh. of your other friend group friends still remain friends? They did. So which is crazy. Is that why you lost them? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I, and. And at the same time, it was it was interesting because the, the friend group was really large. It was like maybe ten to fifteen mm-hmm. kids, whatever. And th- there was like a small portion that went with him, like maybe five kids. Yeah. And the rest of them were really combative against him, like you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I decided to side with them right. at the time because I didn't want to be associated with this guy who had sexually assaulted yeah. someone in my, in my basement of my fucking home. Um, <laughs> can I curse, by the way? So, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Especially on rapists. Go off. But, but, you know, the friends I decided to side with were very, very evil about, about, Mm. or trying to go about, Mm. you know, like, moving on from it. And the, I guess the head of the the friend group that I decided to, you know, to to stay with, Mm -hmm. he, like, made it public knowledge that he did that in the school. Mm. And it got to the point where his parents found out. And then he called me up, like, I want to kill myself. Oh. And my parents wouldn't care if I killed myself. Oh, and my and I didn't really know how to respond to this, so I kind of mm-hmm. just stopped talking to him altogether because oh. I didn't know I didn't know how to yeah. yeah I didn't know how to go about handling it yeah. at the time. I don't think I was mature enough to, to figure out what to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of I mean I still feel very strange about it. I don't yeah. I don't really know how to mm-hmm. deal with all these years, you know, all these years later. Mm-hmm. And I some part of me wants to rekindle it with the friends that I lost. Some part of me doesn't, you know, don't even try to go there and just yeah. bring up more negative things. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, and now like I, I find myself sticking much closer to my friends than I ever have before. Yeah. I don't want to lose them, you know. Like, yeah. it, sure. that way. it is really chilling for me to hear because I feel like I have been kind of like the girl in that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, freshman year here, my friend group definitely had a very big wedge forced in it <laughs> by um, something like that that happened. And I won't go into specifics, but basically really becomes this moment where you see your friend's values when mm. you all go through something really tough like that and like what sides people take, so to speak, or like who, mm. you know, thinks that like staying neutral will like be a position and the ways that people make their decisions there has been for me as having like survived a situation like that been one of the biggest tests of like who I trust now and so I think just as like an affirmation I think you like totally did the right thing and I really admire you sharing that with us um because especially I think it's kind of gendered and especially seeing like men that stand up to Mm -hmm. men who do things like that is like really powerful Mm -hmm. and important for changing narratives and pushing things forward so Thank you for sharing that. Wow, <laughs> shit. <laughs> we just got so real. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone else have a story? <laughs> Can't really follow that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it was. So I guess kind of like another sort of fine line of mm. friend breakups is kind of what we, me, Aviv and Justin were talking about the other night is kind of this like bold versus subtle way to end a friend mm. breakup. Like, I think like romantic breakups, it's often like, we're breaking up and it's, you know, a very clear moment. Um, And obviously things have probably built up to that. Mm. But a lot of times friend breakups can just kind of be a drifting apart or like Mm. a ghosting, which I think can be often very painful because you start kind of like second guessing 
yourself and mm. your positions with your friends. So yeah. I'm like personally very anti ghosting unless it's like an like a safety situation. I feel like I've been in like I was recently in a situation where I think someone kind of tried to ghost me and I like didn't let it happen. I was like I want to talk about this <laughs> oh. and we're gonna and if we if you don't yes. want to be friends with me like that's fine. I do, like I don't want to be friends if you don't want to be friends. But mm-hmm. like I would rather save it than like mm-hmm. just like try and guess sig- like try and right. s- figure out signals and like figure out what's going on and that actually like over the course of two months like I continuously felt like they were pulling away and then yeah. telling me that they weren't and then pulling away and then mm-hmm. telling me that they weren't and I ended up having to be like we can't be friends because I feel like you don't care about being friends right. with me um but like that I don't know. I mean, like, that was more just sort of, like, me trying to seize any kind of power that mm. I had because mm. I just, like, I don't, I, like, I can't deal with the, the ghosting. The ghosting. Like, yeah. I'd much rather have someone say, like, I don't want to hang out anymore. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's just, like, my need to, like, have things be... No, 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 I don't think so. I think it's also a question of agency. Like, obviously, there's the the thing that people point to a lot in situations like that is like, oh, I want closure because, you know, people deserve closure. But there's this kind of underlying notion of agency. And like, yeah, as a, you know, as a human being, you like want to feel like you've been an agent in any situation that's Mm -hmm. ended and that you've Mm -hmm. been like an active participant. And it can be really hard to do that when people ghost or when people have a very like one-sided sort of breakup and it's like oh you won't even give me the dignity to like (laughs) decide what I want to do with this ghosting or decide what I want like how I want our ties to be cut. I think also this might just be me but like I think often ghosting as a form of like friend breakup doesn't it it doesn't really end like that like Mm -hmm. it often like Mm -hmm. kind of comes to blows at some point. Yeah. I had an experience with group ghosting once, <laughs> and, and that came to a big blow that was just, like, kind of out after, like, a month or something of that happening. Mm. I, I I was finally just like, what's going on? Yeah. And then everything, and then it was all, like, blah, 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 like, this is what you've done wrong, and, like, that was kind of it. I feel like that the ghosting part is just, like, kind of at the same time, like, a build-up in, yeah. in mm. In each person yeah. that mm. is just like not gonna go away on its own. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it can work if it's mutual. Like I think if both yeah, people but I don't think that's ghosting. Yeah, then it's yeah, just like going apart. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. there is also such a thing as in-person ghosting. Oh. I don't know. I've had the situation, especially with like friends that I just sort of made out of convenience freshman year, mm-hmm. where I would like yeah. sort of like assume that we would all get dinner together and kind of like and then just feel like I was a ghost like they were looking through me and not really ever listening to me or talking to me which is I think another way to sort of like end a friendship in a way that is similar to ghosting but like in a weird physical way that makes you arguably more uncomfortable yeah yeah yeah, for sure but it takes away blame too I feel yeah because then it's like well I was hanging out with you I think yeah and I think there's like a desire to not be on bad terms with anyone Mm -hmm. and that's why people don't want to cut ties I think it makes if it things worse. Things are gonna end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, in the end, it. <laughs> so something that I've been thinking about a lot um, is kind of the support system for a friend breakup versus the support mm-hmm. system for mm-hmm. romantic breakup. Mm-hmm. Where, like, if you have, I mean, Lily, you said that you've had a friend breakup that was more painful than any romantic yeah. breakup you've ever experienced, mm-hmm. yeah. and I know, like, just having been through a romantic breakup people have been super supportive if I were to say like oh I don't want to go to this concert tonight because like I know my ex is going to be here and I don't want to see him then I know all my friends would be like yeah we don't have to go don't worry we're going to do something but I feel like 
if you have a friend breakup and you're like, oh, I don't want to go to this event because like this friend is gonna be there. Oh, I've done that. Then your friends are. I've done that. I think maybe less. I mean, maybe I have shitty friends, but no, I'm kidding. But um, I feel like then friends might kind of be like. Okay, like then you don't have to go, but like exactly. we're still gonna go, right. and like just the support isn't quite there because yeah. of how society mm-hmm. puts so much more mm-hmm. value in romantic relationships yeah. as opposed to definitely. to friend relationships. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I actually wanna... definitely had a situation like that. It's especially hard if you still have a mutual friend. Yeah, between the two, because I actually yeah. made a plan with my mutual friend to go to a concert in the city, and then it turns out my. I guess ex friend like sort of attached herself to that plan, and oh, then another ex friend attached oh, herself oh, to no. that plan because they became best on. friends. Yeah. Oh, no. And I just didn't feel like I could go to the show. And the worst part is, it was a band I loved, and they didn't care. It's like your plan. Oh, they were just like on Tinder and texting the whole time, and I was just sitting at home alone. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like most of my friends have been very supportive, unless they themselves are friends with that person, mm-hmm, right. because yeah. then it's really hard, and they can't yeah. choose a side because that just isn't fair mm-hmm. um, I don't know and I mean I guess <laughs> just thinking about yeah I definitely like found myself looking up like online being like what to do like when you have to deal with your ex like I, I treated them like an ex yeah, yeah. 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 you have to go through like the Cosmo article yeah, like, <laughs> and it's like don't have sex with them at all costs after you've broken up and it's like sure I'm gonna do that with my friend but okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's really hard to find the resources to mm-hmm. talk about these things. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you brought up the idea of the mutual friend thing. Mm-hmm. So right now, I am the mutual friend. Ooh, um, no. Tell us about that if you want to. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's <laughs> two like, friends. If you insist. I was really good friends with freshman year, um, and we were definitely like a trio, but they were definitely like a duo within the trio, which meant a lot of intense hanging out, um, and then very big blowout. But this year, it's been strange to be best friends with both of them and not be, because I consider them both like my best friends. Mm. Yeah. Because ultimately, it's only made me view each of them in a worse light, which is a mm-hmm. mean thing to say. Yeah. No, that's right. Um, yeah. But it's it's so difficult when you're constantly hearing like negative things mm-hmm. from someone yeah. else. Um, but yeah, this, the same thing has happened with people in, like I've been best friends with two people in a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. but when... They broke up, I heard less shit talking about the other one, mm-hmm. which I find interesting. I feel it's, it's more permissible mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it's a friend breakup. Yeah, what are you thinking, Justin? You've been um, quiet over yeah. there in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking maybe we should pivot towards talking about friend interventions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Friend I like that verb, yeah. pivot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, if you think there's an issue, but you could probably solve it mm-hmm. by intervening and having, like, a mm-hmm. official capital D discussion, like, yeah. <laughs> like how does that differ from, like, breaking up with a friend? Mm-hmm. I think friend interventions can often be really helpful in, like, actually mm-hmm. mending a yeah. friendship that's, like, teetering on the edge. Yeah. yeah. But mm. often they're just the gateway drug to a friend breakup. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's, what hap- that's something that happened to me. I feel like the most recent, like, friend intervention I had was just a preview of the ultimate, mm-hmm. like, breakup. Uh, because it was, like, uh, a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it, they don't work if the other person is not invested in fixing sure. the friendship. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they'll yeah. totally like I totally believe in like confrontation and like mm-hmm. working through things mm-hmm. if yeah. both parties are interested yeah. in fixing mm-hmm. things. And if they're not, then like yeah, then it's hard yeah. to be that one sided. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm thinking too about, I see a difference being support. And so mm. assuming a situation where you, well, I guess in, in either position, whether you're like the friend who has kind of a shitty behavior or is treating their friend badly, or you're being treated badly by your friend, like the question of support really plays in here. Um, so if they're willing to support you through that, or if you're willing to support them through that, um, and if it seems worth it to kind of invest in repairing the friendship, then I think a friend intervention makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it's also key what you were saying, Julia, which is, you know, you've got to be on the same page and you've got to both be like communicative enough to make that happen. I think, I think there are friend interventions that are successful. I really believe in the model personally. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. about it. No, I think I love a good friend. They can be great, <laughs> especially if someone doesn't realize that they're being yeah. a shitty friend. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah. I know I had one recently where I just felt like this, I thought this person was ghosting me intentionally and I mm-hmm. was just like really hurt. Like they had canceled plans. Like I, actually went this is maybe a not great thing to do but I counted how oh many my times God. and it was Received. it was six out of seven and I was like I was like this is clear numerical yeah. evidence <laughs> yeah. damn you're a litigator doesn't want to be friends anymore and then I talked to her and it had turned out that she was just going through a really shitty time and mm-hmm. I had had no yeah. idea and so it was like so good I think that we had that conversation exactly. I really think friend breakups are a last resort yeah yeah, I also think, like, one of the most dangerous things in friendships is, like, the stuff that you don't say to each other, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So, like, yeah. like miscommunication or lack of communication. Mm. And so, in that way, like, friend interventions are, like, really important. It's just, yeah. like, that time when you, like, you just, like, say the things that you've both been thinking <laughs> yeah. for, like, months. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, um, and please chime in if and when you have, but I've sometimes had... Um, a relationship with someone where we went from being incredibly close and like tight-knit best friends um, to having issues that weren't super resolved um, mm-hmm. and you know had conversations about this and then just sort of became normal friends because mm. I think that isn't a breakup yeah. but it's still sort of yeah. is yeah because they go from being like your person yeah. to just exactly. sort of another a friend yeah. and that's, <laughs> like, that's, that's kind yeah. of a breakup you know yeah I think yeah. And it's, yeah. it's weird because I don't, I'm like a very absurdly deeply emotional person. Um, so I feel like I still like have this like wistful memory of when like yeah. we were best yeah. friends. Yeah. 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 yeah, I feel that. Yeah. There's no like in romantic relationships, there's like equivalency between like, like romantic partners to friends. But when you're going friends to friends, yeah. it's like there's less. Yeah, yeah. defined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it happens. Yeah. I always think of friendship kind of in three levels as like a friendly acquaintance level mm-hmm. and then like as a friend level and then mm-hmm. as like a an intimate yeah. deep friendship. So I yeah. think yeah. like moving between those levels mm-hmm. can be like mm-hmm. tricky can be to really navigate. Yeah. yeah. I do think for me though, when the, when like the really like tight knit, like part of the relationship comes first, it's often for me like, kind of a honeymoon period of, of I'm like a big honeymoon period girl in like in like romantic relationships yeah. um, so like for me I've had like multiple friendships where like you, we started out like really intense like mm-hmm. did everything together yeah. and then like kind of just like naturally like settled down exactly um mm-hmm. and like weren't as like so like obsessively close-knit mm-hmm. but but I do think there's a there's a line between that and like and like having genuine, mm-hmm. like a genuine close relationship with somebody and then kind of like having that like yeah. die down a little yeah, bit yeah. is, it can be different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then, so maybe draw on some personal experience for this one, but have any of you ever reconnected or become close friends again with an ex-friend? An ex-ex-friend? Uh, with one of my friends from, uh, he, he was actually my friend since like third grade. Yeah. Um, we drifted apart during that whole uh, senior year incident. Mm. Um, didn't c- contact each other for like, I think a year and a half. And then like last summer I reached out to him and I was like, you want to hang out? And he was like, yeah, sure. Mm. And I was like, Whoa! I didn't know you could do that. Yay. That's a thing. I mean, it was an unspoken kind of thing because me and him didn't communicate during the entire period that yeah. the whole breakup happened. But um, when we reconnected, like we just hung out for the night and it was really chill. We actually didn't end up speaking much after that because I think it just lack of communication on each of our parts. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I do think like he'd be down to do more things in the future if mm-hmm. I asked or if like yeah. he reached out at some point. Yeah, mm, awesome. it's definitely possible to reconnect. I think. Just take some effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe time, too. Like yeah. you said, you didn't talk yeah. for like a yeah. year and a half. Right. Yeah. Like, I think it was actually closer to two years at that mm-hmm. point. So I think it also depends on like the level of actual um, like genuineness connected to that rekindling. Because yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. have had a lot of friends who are very like showy about how much they love someone in a way that almost sometimes feels very ingenuine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I recently had somebody who I kind of had like an indefinite friend breakup with like respond to an Instagram story and be like oh my god I miss you so much like can I see you soon I love you and I was like honestly like maybe after I graduate (laughs) (laughs) how do we go about handling a friendship or is there a friend breakup maybe an unnecessary one when one person develops feelings for the other friend Mm -hmm. I think it's tough to distinguish Mm. between like one-sided feelings and one and a one-sided friendship sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, because my (laughs) situation last semester the other person must like mistook and i think still thinks that the reason things didn't work is because i had feelings for them and not just because i felt neglected as a friend Mm -hmm. yeah and Mm -hmm. so i think like i i do think that like having unrequited feelings can like complicate it but i also Mm -hmm. think that it shouldn't be like something that ends a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, if the friendship is meaningful to both mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also genuinely believe, at least for my relationships, like my really close friendships, um, I don't like see there as being that much of a boundary between right. like a really close friendship and a relationship. There just mm-hmm. isn't that like sexual physical element for me. I, so right. I, no, I feel like, the exact same. Yeah. Way. I yeah. just like honestly just like show my closest friends the kind of love mm-hmm. that I show my significant other. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's yeah. just exactly. like how mm-hmm. it works mm-hmm. for me. So I mean if there were like romantic feelings involved, like it wouldn't really bother me that much because that's just something that like is secondary to the actual like feeling of like intellectual personality attraction. Yeah. I think the one way that 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 like kind of unrequited feelings situation would play out in a way that there would it would would kind of necessitate a friend breakup mm-hmm. would be if it was like just way too hard for the person who had those yeah. feelings right. yeah. You know? yeah I think that yeah. would be that would be one reason why it wouldn't work mm-hmm. yeah, in freshman year I felt pretty hard for uh, uh for someone and uh I didn't reveal those feelings until I think like six months into the year mm-hmm. um and at that point it was just like there was no turning back and, uh and she was like, yeah, feelings are mutual. And then, you know, after that, um, I wanted to keep the friendship going off. But, I mean, at that point, when you reveal something like that, it's kind of difficult to come back. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The, I don't Let's think the friendship... You want to talk about stuff? Um, yeah, after that, at that point, it was just kind of difficult to, to go back to the, the, the friendship we had before. Mm, yeah. Um, and it had been so close. I mean, it was pretty astounded by how close we had gotten in those like five or six months. Yeah. But after that, it just—I don't think it's ever been mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I had feelings for one of my best friends growing up and then set them up with the person that would mm-hmm. become their partner for four and a half years that I also oh. had feelings for. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was great. making yourself miserable? <laughs> it was like super self-sabotaging because, but no, but um, I did that and then have actually retained a really good friendship with both of them somehow. Nice. Totally nice. got over those feelings and consider them both to be some of my best friends and they have broken up and one of them has come out as queer since, and the other has not and is in another long-term relationship, yeah. and they've remained best friends. Wow. So, like, yeah. maybe everyone could be friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm realizing that, like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I guess it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right, so it is, it's time to wrap this up. Woo, thank you. Goodbye. So Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we just listened to this discussion about like what it, what how many months has it been? So many. It's probably so many five? months. Like Is five it months. Six months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we recorded maybe that. By now, yeah. Shit. Um, and yeah, so we're doing this transition a bit late, but. Better late, late than, than never. never. Yeah, we were also <laughs> thinking. You owe me a soda. Um, like yeah, I feel like a lot of that discussion stuck with me over. The, the past kind of five or six months like a lot yeah I kept thinking about it over the summer and like even coming back to school it's always the thing I go to of like when I think about my friendships and where they're at right Mm -hmm. now also like you know the possibility that they could end is frightening especially as we're like getting ready to leave college at the end of this year yeah but also there was something kind of liberating about having people talk about like Mm -hmm. this really intimate kind of breakup that like doesn't get talked about a lot and giving them a space to do that yeah seems like people were really like vulnerable but also like reflecting and yeah yeah. totally and it really like kind of showed it as like a natural process in a friendship like a friendship is budding in the beginning then Mm -hmm. like you know you have the friendship and then it ends like like it it, has like a honeymoon yeah exactly so true that's yeah yeah i think there's just this uh, this like myth friendships are forever yeah um but they like like, change so much and Mm -hmm. i feel like sometimes there's There's there really is a healthy way to end Mm -hmm. these friendships without it being like a big blowout or a big like toxic like and that seemed like a theme that a lot of our uh guests brought up also is that they had pretty restorative ways of dealing with ending a friendship even yeah. if the circumstances were pretty dire like yeah at least from their side of the story I don't think anyone did anything too rash and like had to make a lot of like tough mature measured decisions mm-hmm. to decide like how to proceed in certain situations but everyone seemed to be fairly compassionate about like ending the friendship and like thinking about what their friend needed as yeah. well as what they needed um and also just like you know caring about themselves in yeah. a way that was really, really good. And, like, if the friendship was unhealthy... Knowing that, yeah. Realizing that and, and exactly. making to end that. Yeah. And it's hard to Definitely. see those signs, and it's hard to, like, do something about them. So mm-hmm. it, it's really cool to listen to, like, people like AJ, who, like, when he was a senior in high school, was already having the sorts of thoughts that a lot of us have in college, mm-hmm. and some of us don't even have until we're way later in yeah. life, and, like he and his friends knew to kind of skirt this very delicate situation without doing anything too rash any of the time and, like, dealing with the kind of conflicting issues of, like, someone being, like, a person who's wronged others and also someone who's, like, struggling and, like, 
has mental health concerns that mm-hmm. need to be addressed and like knowing how to do all of yeah, that. That's such thought. a complex. Situation. Oh my god. Yeah. Completely. And, and handled very maturely for yeah. such like a young person. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And crazy that he reached out to an old friend from that group kind of recently. Yeah. It's always really nice to hear the like where are they now versus yeah. <laughs> friend breakups. Like but no, it's exciting to think that like even in these relationships that like feel really fraught at times and in friendships that feel really fraught at times, there's like a way forward. Mm-hmm. And whether that means like healing for yourself or like healing with that person or taking space, taking distance, it like I like that we've seen a variety of ways of dealing with that so far. All right. And our last little bit on this episode is a quick, rather dramatic, I would Ooh, say. Yeah. I would say pretty dramatic, <laughs> yeah. if I may say um, so myself. Monologue about a friend breakup. So, yeah, here we yes. are. Here's what Woohoo. Anna and I uh, were friends since we were 11. We met in sixth grade, and the greater part of my Facebook is filled with pictures of us posing next to hearts and lyrics from songs like Hey Soul Sister, and we would Gmail chat or Uvu almost every day. But even then, there was this weird power dynamic between us. I was the new kid in a grade of 16. I had entered this super small Quaker school in New Jersey, and she took me under her wing. She had been there since kindergarten. Usually it was really subtle, like she would ask me to do little things for her all the time, and uh, she was always insisting that I was copying her for wearing graphic tees or putting on colored skinny jeans. Uh, of course because she invented the trend. Then it escalated into her convincing me to do way bigger things. Um, Like one time she uh, convinced me to impersonate some girl she hated who I barely knew in this video we filmed. And again, all these things were my own choice, but I felt strangely compelled to do them because she told me to. And we stayed friends through middle school and miraculously through high school even though we went to different schools. But I always knew that there was this trace of her preteen, mean-spirited self. Um, or at least I knew for a while until I started to doubt my cynicism last summer. At that point, we had begun to FaceTime a lot more, uh, especially during the spring of my freshman year, and I started to think that maybe she had actually really changed for the better. There was this one time over the summer where she actually snap video chatted me when she was blackout. She was at this uh, London School of Economics program, and she was aimlessly wandering the streets of London drunk and her phone died while she had called me so over the span of the next three hours I figured out her dorm building which she had completely forgotten Um, and then this random stranger texted me who had found her sitting and I talked to him um, and made sure that he brought her home made sure he charged her phone and then the hardest part was making sure that he left her because he was just this random guy um, in London then only a few weeks after this crazy uh, FaceTime episode Anna invited me to go party with her at a bar at NYU, and we did make it to this cute little club. Really nervous, but we got there and we uh, started to drink and talk. Then Anna started to get a lot more drunk than I was, and I remember she started going like, come on, Michaela, you, you have to get on my level, like, let's order two more shots, like two more shots, and it just kept escalating. Um, and against all my better judgment and past warnings of the dangers of peer pressure, I took the two shots that put me over the edge. The night went downhill from there. I vaguely remember a fight breaking out between me and Anna as we left the bar. She said some snide comment and apologized, saying something like, sorry, sometimes I can be pretty mean, it's weird. 
Um, and I replied without even thinking, don't worry, you never have to explain your rudeness to me. I'm well experienced or something like that. And I don't know, maybe it was the frankness of my tone uh, and the level of honesty, or maybe it was just the alcohol, but that comment just totally put her off the edge. She ran away to her friends who she had just previously claimed she hated. And she left me without any idea where I was or even how to get to Penn Station or to the bar. And the rest of the night was pretty much a blur. The most clear memory I have is sitting on the curb, being fed smart water from a middle-aged man in a white van. I think I was somewhere near 6th Street and 1st Avenue. And then the next morning, I woke up to an $140 Uber receipt. I, I guess I had taken an Uber from Princeton all the way to New York and this really long text from Anna. Apparently, according to her, she had come back for me, but I refused to go with her to Penn Station or anywhere else. And in the message, Anna, uh, she said that she was scared that some early jogger would call the cops and I had put her in this awful situation and that I had been kicked out of three Ubers. And, um, and then uh, she proceeded to tell me that I had this problem and that she didn't know what to do because she and her friends knew how to handle themselves and that I should figure out the root of this big problem uh, before I should ever drink again. And in that moment, as I was sitting in my bed, hungover only like two weeks after I had potentially saved her life while across an ocean in a kind of similar situation, I just couldn't deny anymore the double standard of our relationship. I, I broke ties, I didn't respond to her peace offering of this English rose tea she left in her trunk for me to pick up with my stuff. And uh, we haven't spoken since, so that was the end of a eight year friendship. Yeah, so there you have it. Pretty dramatic ending to an eight year friendship, but it definitely does seem like a friendship that, um, that should have ended. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Unwind the Line. line. This podcast is produced by me, Allie Pham. Our technical support comes from the one and only Red Feather Studios. Big, big thanks to Ben Saldich. Music in this podcast was produced by Ona Lepesca True. And our theme song was produced by Isaac Price Slade. And if you enjoyed either of their musical performances on this episode, then you can find more information and more of their music um, on some links on our website. If you like our podcast, honestly, it would be bomb if you could write us a review on iTunes. Uh-huh. If you have something to say to us. Say it to our email. Unwind the line podcast at gmail.com. Check out our website if you're bored and want more episode information or if you want to buy some pretty sweet hand-printed tote bags. Unwindtheline.podbean.com If you're still listening at this point when the episode is really over, you should... Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Our Instagram handle is... Unwind the Line.